It's I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, once again featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s. And Noah, I am solidly mid-40s now, my friend. I know. You're as mid-40s as they get, my friend. You cannot get more mid-40s than me right now. Well, no, you can't. In six months when you're 45 and a half. Ah, okay. See? You're ah, out. Yeah, see? Yeah, so, yeah. yes, we are two mid-40s curmudgeons. We are both staring down the prospect of our entertainment relevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, a defunct haircutting shop. And I am joined... <laughs> are, aren't they all now? Aren't they all? <laughs> Although I, I, my roommate cut my hair last week. Oh, how'd it so go? She did a great job. You know, she yeah. could have cut a little more off the top, but, you know, you get what you pay for yeah. Uh, no, it's great. I mean, I was looking awful, you know. So you're you're, uh, you're my co-host, and who are you? I am no one of consequence. Um, no, I am Noah Tarno, founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, America's finest source for virtual trivia excitement in these virtual days, which really aren't changing anytime soon, if you ask me. No, nor should they. Nor should they. Uh, I'm, well, I'm... no, they should. Because we should have had good leadership and we should have had good education so that people aren't making stupid mistakes. And we should be like Australia and Germany and New Zealand, which are actually coming out of this thing. But we're not because we're America, damn it. And we're fucking morons. Look, I, I've said this to you off the microphone, but I'll, I'll say this on air in case anyone's wondering, because, you know, as is public knowledge, I'm uh, hunkered down in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And I've noticed that you know, for a country that has rational scientific leadership that at, at, the, at the moment you could classify the prime minister and the governing leadership, majority governing party as what you call center right. But that means something different for the continent. But it is a little it is a little to the right of what we would say, but still sensical, logical, reasonable, rational, all those things. And I would say the Netherlands has had the same problems everybody else has had, uh, no matter no, how. They can't be nearly as bad as the U.S. Come not on. as bad, but all the same mistakes, all the same traps. The, the severity wasn't as bad, but all the patterns, let's put it that way, were the same. I think the other countries you were saying were better, like your New Zealand's and things like that, changed the patterns. They it, they did, they, they got different breaks and they behaved differently. And I would say for a country such as this one with a huge socialized medicine and a big tax, uh, you know, gigantic tax burden on the citizens and things like that, you know, you, you obviously you get what you pay for. There was still percentage wise, I think, a heavier infection and death rate than you would think is appropriate and or anticipated for a country like this. It's well, re- how about this? Yeah. Let me invoke, quote unquote, American exceptionalism for a moment. Okay. German officials have publicly said that a lot of what helped them make good decisions was relying on the advice and the work and the expertise of American scientists. Right. Who are ignored in, in America. Fact, belittled by American politicians. Now, I mean, even if we had a decent president now, they could recommend all they want. We're still going to have the morons who insist that, you know, helping anyone in the slightest way is an infringement of their God-given rights. Yes. So it's not just bad governing, it's also bad education. Maybe this is going to sound obnoxious, but like America should be better because we have, you know, some still better institutions. We should be leading the way. We set ourselves up for that for decades. And the fact that we're, you know, behind the curve you know, is a bigger problem than it is that Netherlands is behind the curve. This is, it is. This, is not the, this is not the world of the Netherlands anymore. 
So we don't we shouldn't expect the Netherlands to be leading. We should expect the United States to be leading. I'm enough of an American flag waving jingoist to say that. And we are not leading. We are the opposite of leading. And that's a big problem. And I said this before, this country is six point five million. It's it's the size of New Jersey or, or you know, uh, Wisconsin. You know, it's it's where it is in the in the world. It abuts these neighbors. It is a completely different thing. Obviously, it's not the same thing. There is a reaction inside the country of looking at the leadership and saying, you guys didn't do enough. It is a lot of the same. Obviously, we have different leadership, but it's a lot of the same questions that are coming up in the states. Obviously, the leadership here has been more accountable. And um, I mean, not only that, I think I mentioned that they are actively engaging with Black Lives Matter here in in the, you know, the, the Dutch really? parliament. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about how white supremacy is baked into the Netherlands and they're thinking about changing it. I mean, or at least what they can do to change it in such a way that is... Um, you know, expedient and or uh, appropriate and what people ask for. Uh, but at least it's something that you would hear from the government that you would never hear back in the United States. Well, we're hearing it from some portions of the government. Yes. I but, mean, you know, it's a fight. We're hearing it from mainstream Democrats in a way I don't think we would have heard, you know, five, we didn't hear when Trayvon Martin was murdered and things no, like that's that. that's true. That's true. You know, yeah. I, I so some of the government, hopefully the president will have a year from now, things like that. Let me ask you this. What is the black African descended population in Netherlands like? Do you have, I mean, do you have African uh, uh, immigrants there or, or of recent vintage or descendants of several generations? I have no idea. What, do you see black faces on the street? Yeah, absolutely. Not, not as how, many. How I, mean, ma- I mean, how often? How, how often? Well, you how, know, it's a segregated city. Like my, it's, and, and are they recent immigrants? Are they from the last, you know, are they immigrants and their children or great-grandchildren. I have no idea. Educate us, Bill. Well, let's see. Let's put it this way. My uh, my friend is from the... Uh, there's a generation of people who came over. I would say their parents came over in the 60s. Um, it's like the English... You know, the Windrush generation in England where you had a lot of um, yeah Jamaicans came in. That's where you got your, your Caribbean uh, influx. I know a guy who is... of. He was born in Ethiopia, uh, but he was adopted by white people outside of the Hague and they were outside the Hague. But again, he was not born here, but raised as such as anybody else, you know, even though he's him and his sister are both, uh, you know, Ethiopian Dutch, but he's, you know, again, Dutch as Dutch can be, you know, the people who are here in a lot of cases are there's, there's, there's a lot of Indonesians who came over here. I think in the early part of the century, when Indonesia, when got its independence, there was an open door policy for, I don't know how many years, but the idea is that anyone who wanted to come from the colonies to live in, Holland were given the legal right to be able to do so. So there was a massive influx, an Indonesian diaspora. So there's a lot of Indonesian people. Same thing with um, Surinamese and Guyanese people. people well, but those were those were Dutch colonies, right? Yeah, but you're talking about people who are different skin colors and different races. Right, so, right. Well, yeah. but I'm just saying it, it, it stands to reason they would, of all the European countries they would go to, it would be in the Netherlands. Also Belgium, also France, also Germany. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, there's a different... There's a different relationship with what you'd call an underclass here. I've noticed, and I've noticed that I think the Moroccan Dutch are the underclass. And again, these are people who are who came from Morocco. Their parents came from Morocco maybe a generation or two ago, and they are just as Dutch as anybody. They speak Dutch, Dutch. They speak, you know, they speak Arabic as well in home. But I mean, they're fully assimilated to a degree because I think that this is where the white supremacy of the Netherlands comes in. And I'm not, I'm not speaking out of turn here. I think it's identified that the Moroccan Dutch in particular, because of the Islam thing, 
I mean, right, I'm, not, right, I'm not trying to right. I'm not trying to be flipped by calling it the Islam thing. But, the Islam thing. You know what I mean? That's where some of that culture clash. So I think that the Moroccan Dutch in some ways are almost being inhibited from, from integrating and then lambasted for not integrating uh, as, you know, as these things go. But this is what happened. This is what happened to the Turks in Germany when I yeah. was when I was in Berlin. Totally. You see that like they're still considered Turkish, even though they've fucking been living in, in Germany for 50 years. It's like, oh, those are Turkish people. Well, so, there's some of that. The Indians in England, too. Yeah, right, right. Um, wow, interesting. Uh, by way of segue away from the heavy stuff to the light stuff we're actually to talk about, let me just confess, I'm a little embarrassed by this, that to this day I get Morocco and Monaco mixed up. <laughs> Very I have different to like places. stop for a second and go, when you say, oh, the Moroccans, I'm like, all right, that's the African country that's not where the Grand Prix is. Okay. <laughs> uh, there, there has to be that little moment in my head where I have to I have to make that decision. So let's let's transition. Noah, let's, let's talk transition. about <laughs> So we talked about coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, institutional and, racism. And the third yeah. most important topic. Our the- topic of the week. So no we- Well, you could argue that as a theme on our show, you could argue that the worship of celebrity is one of the things that is really causing. I mean, it's a huge problem in the United States. It's how we got this piece of crap leader. It's a religion. It's a religion unto itself. It's a religion, and and this is. I think this this topic says a lot about the worship of celebrity in oh, our yeah. culture. What is it, Bill? Tell us. We are talking about cameo, everybody. Cameo. So follow with us at home, everybody. Cameo is a video sharing. I thought that was an app at first. But it, I mean, it is an no, app, but I thought, it was, I thought it was exclusive an app. No, you can do it all on a website. Yeah, you can do it on a website. Yeah, so it's a website out of Chicago. It was created in 2016 by three Duke bros. It launched in 17. Launched I'm in 17. that guy today. You, yeah, can, okay. you can be pedantic all you want. Yeah. The three guys, not that we'll mention this again, there's Stephen Galanis, Martin Blenkow, and Devin Spindler Townsend. Yes, those sound like names I created out of a frat like a frat spinner, like a <laughs> your your the website that's what is your frat? What boy is your name? frat boy name? Uh, Cameo is a service which allows celebrities to send personalized video messages to fans for a price. Noah, you always pay for it, my friend. You always pay for it. It's actually not true. There are, there are some promo, quote unquote, celebrities that are free. I watched a video of some British YouTuber who like he hired the cheapest people on Cameo. And there's some of them are like one dollar or two dollars. So as of May 2020, which is just a few months ago, more than this is the thing: thirty thousand celebrities have joined the platform. Really, that many? Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's this. Wow. We're gonna 30, get thirty thousand. We're gonna get to the quantities of, of how you in, manage in, to how do you people something with thirty thousand of anything, a, including two members of the Big Quiz Thing team. Not that's, me, but that's two true. members of the Big Quiz <laughs> are celebrity enough to be on Cameo. All right, everybody. And uh, no one knows the answer to this question, but the priciest single person yes. on Cameo. $2,500. $2,500. Yep. You can get yep. a message from one yep. Caitlyn Jenner. Don't ask me Who how that works. Who wants that? Who's, who likes Caitlyn Jenner these days? I mean... I could see, hey, I'm, you know, I'm trans and she's a big, you know, she's an inspiration. But the, is she still a shitty Republican? Or yeah. Is she no, she's, she's Trump? still a shitty Republican. Yeah. Oh, and and just it, remember during the she's like, well, if you have questions, I'm happy to answer. They don't have questions. They want you to die. Yeah. yeah. It's not. There's no good faith talking about trans issues with Trump lovers. No, so okay. What a sucker! Mo- moving on from Caitlyn Jenner, um, this thing started when one of these bro guys pick your take your pick. I think it was Martin Blencow, <laughs> whatever that's worth. He got an NFL player 
again, neither me or no, we're going to do some, some guy named Cassius March to videotape himself congratulating a friend on the birth of his son. Uh, I guess it was from through, through a person of a person of a person. He got a personalized message. The guy went crazy and he said, this is great. And I guess it must have, um, it must have like set him off and he says, holy shit, this is untapped. Imagine if we could like yeah. can totally. the idea of a personalized message from someone you might give a fuck about. Someone who has some modicum of celebrity. And I think their quote was, the selfie was the new autograph, uh, you know, which we do know that people do in that selfie, you know, with a celebrity as they crane in at a movie premiere or, or, or in the street or anything like that. So like Noah said, the site was launched in 2017. And apparently they said, this is weird, they'll, they'll, they want to uh, uh, control demand because I guess there's some people for whom they could get crushed. So they'll, they will, I guess, surge price to squish down the demand to make sure that this person has enough time to, to you know, not overcommit or to be just completely blasted with, I, you know, I know it's not Caitlyn Jenner. Let's put it that way. I'm sure there are other people who get way more head up than Caitlyn Jenner does. We don't know who they are because they don't, I know they don't publish their stats of like, who's the more popular. I wish they did. I was really looking to see, yeah. well, who's, who's the most popular? Who are people going for? Because that's, I think, for doing something. I think I read it's like some YouTubers, some people I never heard of. But maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Well, I mean, that would make sense based on that. Yeah, I did read that. It's a few like, it's social media stars. Okay. Are the most popular. Like literally they listed three names. I'm like, never heard of those people. Yeah, I'm not going to. Oh, right. So it wouldn't matter. It's not going to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat right. or some, some wrestler. <laughs> oh, or something man. Like that. I'll say it in a minute, but, but I watched a bunch of these. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was the single saddest one I looked at. <laughs> that's that's saying it something. It was so sad. So, I used to love that guy. Oh. So Noah, give me your give me your top down take on this uh, phenomenon. Well, this was a good suggestion, Bill. This is a juicy one. I had like vaguely heard of this, and then of course, as soon as you mention it, I'm listening to a podcast where they mention it. So you know, it's one of these things that's out there. When I first kind of took my cursory glance at it i thought this is the saddest thing i've ever seen in my life these celebrities are debasing themselves for you know pocket change and all that but then i i read a cosmopolitan article about it that just sort of came up when i googled and it, it made me think i was being pretentious i'm like look it makes people happy to get a little personal message why not and the celebrities actually you know it's it's monetizing their downtime especially now during covid right where uh, so many of them can't really work so you know i read a stat gilbert godfrey gilbert godfrey makes a thousand bucks a day you know uh, apparently there's demand i don't know why but there is so he could pump out a bunch of these sitting on his couch if he gets 50 bucks a pop or whatever he's charging. By the way, you didn't mention celebrities are free to set their own prices. Again, some people it's like one buck or 10 bucks. And some people it's, you know, more typical of the bigger names. It's a hundred bucks, 500 bucks and bigger names. Like, you know, there's no Drake or Justin Bieber out there. Cameo takes 25%. I just Across the board, Cameo takes 25%. Before you go any further, one thing I wanted, yeah. if you could tell me about, we, we keep saying the word celebrity and you mentioned like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. I, I just want to set the, the tone for this is that there there isn't what we would call A-listers on this thing, right? Like what right. we consider a celebrity does more consist of like, for instance, tight ends from the NFL and YouTubers and, and like Instagram people. That's what we're- Yeah, but I've, I've heard of probably- Half these people. I don't know almost any of the athletes, but I've heard of most of, you know, there's a lot of like 
B and C list actors, you know. Reality uh, show panel, lot of, panelists. Yeah, there weren't a lot of musicians. I found the selection of musicians and comedians. You look up comedians and the first choice is Barry Williams, who played Greg Brady. And Tom Arnold's there. <laughs> yeah. But like Chevy Chase is there. Chevy Chase was among the worst cameos I looked at. He yeah. was phoning it in. But what else is new about Chevy right. Chase? Anyway, so I, I read this Cosmo article. I'm like, whatever. This is making people happy. It's downtime. And also, like, look, like you get to see the side of celebrities you don't see. They're on vacation. They're hanging out at home. They're in the backseat of the limo. Like, and it's got this personal element that you you can't get from the carefully curated video or even the the video they make that they purposely put up on YouTube. Or, um, you know, the older equivalent of this we talked about. I mean, this is the modern equivalent of the signed 8x10 glossy. Dear Bill, happy birthday. Best wishes. Steve Perry. Steve, Steve Perry, which you actually got. You got one for Steve Perry. I got one from Mike Myers yeah. when we were kids. And I said, all right, get over yourself. This makes people happy. It's fine. And then I watched a bunch of them. And I went back to thinking this is the saddest thing. <laughs> so most of them are really, really bad really bad and sad and sad like so when you put in the request you say hey this is for my dad's birthday his name is phil you know he's a he's a fire he's a retired firefighter i want you to wish you know karen a happy birthday this could be from from lucy and cindy uh don't be afraid to make it as filthy as possible uh she, she, she's a big fan of yours. She loves this movie that you were in. You know, you give them, you have like 250 characters to give them details. They say like, hey, I heard you're a retired firefighter. Thanks for your service. I heard it's your birthday. Blah. But most of the people are so fake. Like, wow, I heard it's your birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. It comes off as so fake. <laughs> so fake. Yeah. And like, especially, and I read an article where the, 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 the um the founders are afraid that it's going to be less appealing over time as you know because when, when you first see it you're like how did you get in touch with you know chevy chase how did you get in touch with virginia madsen well when you know it's cameo it's it seems kind of lame because anyone can pay for it right yeah. so it loses some of that magic ricky the dragon steamboat was the saddest because his one went on for seven minutes and he gave the fan a tour of like his office where he has all his trophies and photos of him and he was getting this is how much of a wrestling fan i still am he was getting all these facts about his career wrong <laughs> he's like yeah when i defeated randy savage at wrestlemania 3 in 1985 and i was like nope 1987 man kevin mcdonald the kids in the hall yeah. was like he looked like he was about to kill himself he's like hey i'm the i'm the least popular of the kids in the hall like he actually i'll give you advice my mom gave me although she's dead now like he really made me want to cry <laughs> poor kevin mcdonald he was a funny guy like you didn't deserve that but here's the thing do you know who was good the youtube stars well that's that's their native language you know that is their native language and what ended up happening is this site basically is trying to turn every celebrity into a YouTube star. The YouTube people know how to, oh my God, you're my buddy. Let's make a personal connection. And you know what? They're good at that. That's oh. how they got 8 billion YouTube followers. Hey, that's brilliant, man. I did not think about that, but you're right. It is they, trying to transmogrify these right. people into YouTubers. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And if you are a fan of, and there was no YouTube stars I had heard of, which is the fun. I was, I was like scrolling through the YouTube stars, waiting until I you know, saw Mr. Beast or Emmer Chamberlain. Nope, nope, nope. Nobody I've heard of. But I watched a few anyway, and these people have followers. I can believe like the... 12-year-old girl is a fan, right? Like, it's like you get 
your favorite YouTube star, but like a personalized version of what they normally do for you. So, you know, it doesn't appeal to me personally, but I see the thrill of that. So yeah, like now I get it a little more. It's less sad when I look at the YouTube stars. By the way, news story, uh, Cameo has just introduced Zoom calls, 10 minute Zoom calls with a very select, you know, select number of celebrities. And it costs more, obviously, up to... Uh, Jeremy Piven got in trouble because he was charging $15,000 for his Zoom call. Most of them are charging like 500 bucks or $1,000. So I can see that being more, where you actually can make a personal connection with the celebrity, sit and talk with them for a few minutes. That I get more. Do you agree or what? I was wondering, um, when I first started taking notes for this thing, I was wondering how do I approach this um, from the fan angle of who would want something like this or from the celebrity angle of who would who would be in the position to do it? They're pathetic um, from both angles. Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, I, I think that you you pretty much laid the groundwork. I, I, don't, I don't really have much to add beyond that because I think you, that was very interdisciplinary, especially the part about Thank celebrities you. becoming YouTubers, which is, yeah, that's that's a, it's a career transition I think they're trying to make sure some, some people can pivot in and out of. But um, uh, I was struck with the struck with the idea that this was like saber metrics for celebrities and the 30,000 people they have on this app and the service. Like I said, there's no real A-listers. You can't get Russell Crowe if you wanted. You can't get Cami <laughs> Diaz. They do, they're not here. But, you, but, but give it time. Uh, maybe. I mean, if this yep. thing keeps going, there's going to be agents pressuring, hey, it's slow between movies. You should do cameo. Perhaps. But at the same time, right? they're, they're, they're still doing this thing like they won't do TV. Like, I mean, whatever that, that thing is like, you need to keep your, you, you know, you need to hold back to make your specialness right. special. However, but, 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 but it'll be like TV. It'll be like, you know. 20 years ago, Kate Blanchett doing TV, give me a break. And now yeah. she's on Mrs. America, yeah. no one bats an eye. It's and she's great. TV. No, you're right. But yeah. for, for the moment, for the moment, you know, for the moment, Russell Crowe doesn't need this. But I would say more to the point, the guys who are rich beyond belief off of this business, for them, it's more important that they can create a stable platform. That was the idea. So the, 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 whole, the whole money ball part of this is that they went out to probably to every single management company, every firm that you can think of. They maybe went to CAA. They might have went to the sports um, sports management guys, and they were just trying to get like an entire book, all their clients. Yeah. You know, so rather They're very go, aggressive about that. I give them a lot of credit. They don't wait for these people to knock on their door. If you started a business like this with 150 Kevin Spacey's well, not maybe a bad example, Kevin Spacey. 150 yes, you, bad, you and bad you example. And, <laughs> 150 Robin Wrights. How about that? 150 Ewan McGregor's. Although yeah, he's still right. he's still an A-lister, but you get the, my point yeah. is that your choice is 150 A-list guys or 30,000 other people. Yeah. 30,000 yeah. interchangeable $15 celebrities. But, but, no, but, but you see my point, like these are more appealing when it's the $15. Oh, I, well, I'm sure. Because I, they're specific. Again, everyone likes Russell Crowe. I mean, not really, but you know what I mean. No disrespect intended for your uh, big quiz thing. Crew, crew members who were using the service and are probably somewhere in the 10 to $15 range, nonetheless. But um, we looked it up. Yes. We did look it up. But these yeah. guys can start a business that is solvent based on the fact that they're saturating the zone with all these people. It means more to them that they got all the, I thought of it as grout, but a, a million, I should think a million real housewives for the one Dick Van Dyke, for the one yeah. Charlie Sheen who's there. Yeah. yeah. Like weird stuff. You're only going to have a few Gilbert Gottfrieds, but you're going to have a million people who are on The Amazing Race or Big Brother. Yes. That's who this thing yeah. is mostly filled with. And that's who's, yeah. who's considered a celebrity. And it's another way to weaponize celebrities. It's another way to commodify 
monetized celebrity. Hello, everyone. This is Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore from Ghostbusters, from Oz, The Hand, The Rocks, The Cradle, The Crow, Grace and Frankie, Congo, The Substitute, just to name a few film and TV shows, but I'm wearing my Winston Zedmore jumpsuit because this is really, really important. So, Bill, why Cameo? Why is this popular? Why did it catch on? Why is it catching on? And uh, why now? You know, I mean, I, I think the COVID is good for them. So, you know, how exactly do you agree? Whatever. The reason why Cameo is popular right now is because it is the old dynamic of getting you closer to something you consider great. Um, it really puts you right face to face, even if it is a one-way membrane um, with somebody that you might think is impressive or powerful. And I guess you must get some kind of twinkle or fantasy dust sprinkled on your head if you think that talking to a member of Big Brother is fun or somehow worth money or a novelty. I think it comes back to the idea that we are supposed to remember a day where celebrities were unassailable and unreachable. There was, in our lifetimes, this, this wall between us and famous people. And occasionally you would get breached at things like conventions or on the street if you happen to bump into somebody. There was real novelty. And everyone who had some measure of fame benefited from that scarcity. You know, that's why they used to sell maps to the stars is because you yeah, go outside right. the house and wonder, oh, is there a chance that I might see Marlon Brando in his muumuu walking around bringing the garbage out? Who knows? You know, and but now it's like it's it's speeding in the other direction. The idea is that we're we're like not only is there no more mystery to fame? I, I, and we even don't even know, we don't even understand why in some cases fame take, like what, where you get famous from, why you become famous, how it sustains itself. If you're famous for being famous, which is how Paris Hilton came to be, her fame was based on the fact she was famous. That That's, that's yeah. it's, a, it's a serpent yep. that eats its own tail. But that's yeah. where we are now. And so there's no more mystery. There's, there's, there's no more mystique. There's no more intrigue. It's merely exposure. Uh, and it's got to be an arms race for the most exposure. It gets you closer to that exposure. If you are selling your own fame, it's giving you a marketplace to put it in. If you're someone yeah. who... Yeah. If you, if you and a format. A form. A format. A, a, a technique. Yeah, they make yeah. this process easy. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's, who's beguiled by fame, this is in a package, like you say, a format that you understand it's it's a quantity, it's a thing. You you pay for one cubit of fame. You know, there's a, there's an actual uh, biblical quantity, you know, uh, and, and you can you can pay for a, a discrete unit in a standardized transaction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% right. And something we talked about before is that, you know, the YouTube stars do best here because this is the way the world is moving. I mean, everyone our age and older is puzzled by why do people like these YouTube stars, blah, blah, blah. And we've come up with a bunch of theories. Mainly it's just they're replacing friends. But, you know, this is there's a lot of forces moving in that direction that the wall between normal people and celebrities has been torn down in so many ways. Social media does a lot of that. The Internet does a lot of that. Um you know, uh, media balkanization does a lot of that. And this is doing that too. And this is sort of making every celebrity into a YouTube star, giving them a way they can make themselves into a YouTube star. So this is the way the world is moving. Plus, there's quarantine, there's shelter in place, there's COVID. Not only are we looking for new methods to entertain ourselves, but also the celebrities are looking for things to do and th ways to make money. 
you know, we might say, oh, these people are celebrities, but I'm sure a lot of them are hurting for money right now. A lot of entertainers, this is a secret most, quote, normal people don't know. A lot of entertainers are not rich. They live paycheck to paycheck. And they don't work for a while, they're in trouble. If they're making a few bucks here and there, even if it's just a hundred bucks a day or something, that probably counts for a lot with some of these CD list people. So it's a way to monetize their work. And it's something they do anyway. They could sit on their freaking couch. They can make a video with their phone. They could send it in. They can get a hundred bucks a day or whatever it is, or 30 bucks a day or 20 bucks every three weeks if you're the real low level people. I don't know. And that counts for something. I mean, they need... They need work too. They're suffering too. Hi, Sasha, Caitlin Jenner coming to you from, well, actually I'm in Malibu, California. And I heard it is your 37th birthday. Oh, how young. Noah, would you have liked Cameo as a kid? I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Because I have, uh, as a kid, I was so desperate. I mean, look, the world was different when we were kids, right? But as a kid, I, that wall that you talk about was up. I was so desperate to be for attention and to be famous. You know, that mel I wanted to be famous when I was a kid. That melted away. I mean, I still had some elements of that. I want more to be recognized. But, you know, I, I scroll through all these no names on Cameo. I'm like, it would be nice if I were here. I mean, I wouldn't want to make the videos, but it would be nice if I were big enough to be there. To Oh, my God. You know, I was so excited when Mike Myers signed that thing and I... I, I, I think I told you this beforehand. My, my buddy, Adam Starling, a friend of ours, a listener to the show, we sent Mike Myers a fan letter. He wrote back a personalized letter. He gave us each an 8x10 glossy, signed, hung it on our wall, and we watched Saturday Night Live. And Adam turned to me and he said, you see that guy? He knows we exist. I'm sure there'd be some YouTube stars I like or whoever. And I would have really wanted it. You know, and even though deep down I would have known it's phony, we paid them for it, and I'd be disappointed if they did like a Chevy Chase style have, hey Noah, I heard it's your birthday, that's awesome, happy birthday, hang in there buddy. Well that's the question, if you were famous, would you do this? Of course I probably would, whatever it took I'd probably be doing if I was famous. If I had something to levy, if I had some small level of fame, yeah I'm sure I'd be at Comic Con, I'd be doing all that shit. Comic Con's better, you can make the, I don't know, it just seems more of a personal connection. Because I talk about this, I cannot think of one celebrity right now where if I got a cameo from them I would enjoy it. Nobody, who, who do I, who do I worship, I worship. That's what I'm saying, we, we don't worship anybody. last night, right, I was, last, so last night I'm watching Catching Up in the last season of Better Call Saul, love that show. Love Bob Odenkirk. Love him. And I, I relate to him. I feel like I'm a Bob Odenkirk type. I would love to have a drink with Bob Odenkirk. I would love to have a meal with Bob Odenkirk. But if I got a video from Bob Odenkirk, even if I had a... I mean, I guess if he said something that was genuinely funny or clever, I'd get a kick out of it. But I think I'd just be embarrassed to hear him like say, Hey, Noah. You know, I don't want the Jerky Boys guy to do the Jerky Boys character saying, Hey, Noah, tough guy. I don't want that. <laughs> You know, I don't want any of this. Like, when I was a kid, I would have, but I was a fucking idiot. And I don't even think I would have liked it when I was a kid. I think I would have told myself I'd like it because, oh, I'm closer to fame. But I think deep down, I'd know it was pathetic and desperate. So, so I'd like it as a kid, but only because I was dumb. Well, how about that? How about this? I think we have an inflationary value of celebrity, um, I, or at least I was thinking of it in terms of if you go back to 1987 as opposed to today, the idea of what was famous was a lot harder to get at, and it was harder to get access. To. Again, that wall was up between us and famous people, so it had more value. If there was a way, for instance, for you to get a nod or something or a little like a pistol fingers from Johnny Carson, 
that would have been kind of amazing, you know, like yeah. I mean, because there's a, Mike Myers knows I exist. Yeah, just thinking a, that was a thrill. Right, there's some, there's a real commodity to that. So as a kid, yes, I think I would have wanted it. Now, if I was a kid today, I think we're just soaking in the stuff all over the place. Like there's, I wouldn't even know who's not famous compared to who's famous or how more famous one person is than the other because everyone positions themselves as just as famous as the biggest famous person around right if well, you, that's what you got to do you got to fake you look it till on you make it, if you look on instagram and if you get these people it's like they would they would like you to believe that they are as famous as uh, you know the marquis de lafayette in his day that there's some <laughs> real like right <laughs> the, 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 the trappings of what they have is a pretense like I, I'm just as big as anybody and it's like I don't know who you are but you're really trying to show me that you're trying to pr- present this image this compensatory image of a huge distant your fame and it's like we all know it's not there so I think if I was a kid in the 80s yes I think if I was a kid today no because I'd be right where you are saying this is uh inauthentic this is pro forma this is a paid for service hey Bill it's Noah Tarno here of the big quiz thing how you doing there, buddy? Uh, happy birthday. This is your birthday cameo. Uh, your wife, Janet, told me you got a birthday. All right. Uh, you are, let me see here. You are, uh, ooh, you're 45. 45. That's an age, huh? 45 years old. Anyway, uh, uh, so I'm told uh, you're, uh, you're my biggest fan. Thanks, buddy. Always love hearing from my fans. Always love to hear that. Anyway, hope you're having a real uh, special day. And uh, hey, stay trivial, buddy. Bill, is uh, the rise and success of Cameo a sign of the apocalypse? If this is a sign of the apocalypse, that means that Hollywood Squares had to have been too. Good point. Whatever this is, is the same thing. Paul Lind getting paid to be himself. or, Or what is it? Match game. You know, like... This is still the idea of people like, hey, now I'm me being me. I'm not me playing a character. But somehow I'm worth you spending. Like the, the, the me of myself is the guy you want. Not the character. Not Winston Zedmore from Ghostbusters, but, but Ernie Hudson. I'm the right. guy you want to see. Like I said, if this is a sign of the apocalypse, we've been doing this for years and years and years. You know, you know. I mean, I guess the worst thing you can say about it, but it, it, nowhere apocalyptic that it's it's either the first place a celebrity can go, or maybe the last bastion where they can line up to milk the last few drops of nectar from decreasing star power. You know, some some sort of moderate form of star power. Yeah, I, I think it might literally be a sign of the apocalypse in that it's like, um, you know, it is more proof of something we talk about a lot, that entertainment is moving into that you need to pretend to be someone's friend kind of thing. Every celebrity will need to become a YouTube star in order to make it into the entertainment world tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I think that could be bad because it could further lower the requirement for star power and make it so that, you know, you don't need talent. You just need to win the viral lottery. And it will further degrade any belief in expertise or talent or hard work. That being said, as we've done this podcast and we've learned about celebrities uh, and we looked at some of these like social media people, we started to see that they aren't just idiots, that they actually have this kind of sneaky talent that is hard for old people like us to see. Yeah, it could be a sign of the apocalypse. On the other hand, it could be the opposite. It could be telling us that this uh, this world isn't quite as the YouTubeification of the world isn't quite as 
degrading to entertainment as we thought it was. Hey, little buddy, this message is for Noah Tarno. This is Bill Scurry, the Internet's Bill Scurry, famous from coast to coast for doing Daily Cobra Commander, Chester Baloney, and moderate hair loss. It's your special day. I'm not quite sure what we're celebrating, but I'm told it's your special day. Your stepmom asked me to give this message for you because apparently things have been pretty icy for you guys. So she thought it'd be a treat that you'd want to hear from one of your favorite Internet celebrities. I don't think that this is going to work out between me and you. I just don't know. Uh, I, I want different things. Uh, Noah, we come to the jealousy question. Are you it? Yeah, look, I'm jealous. I mean, I'm mildly jealous of these guys that came up with an app and now they're going to be zillionaires. I'm jealous that they somehow got 30,000 celebrities to appear here because one of the challenges I've always had in my work is how do you motivate people? And I get a little better at it day by day, but I'm still... You know, I could come up with the best idea in the world and there's no way in hell I'm going to get 30,000 people to jump on board just because I can't put out that kind of energy. I did want to be famous when I was a kid and I still like attention and I love performing and I'm very blessed that I can perform and entertain people for a living. But, you know, it would be nice if I had enough fandom that I could cut it on Cameo. You know, even though I wouldn't actually want to make these videos, I just want to be have the option to make these videos, right? <laughs> yeah. Be led into the club. So that's the nature of jealousy. It's not about logic. It's not about, you know, someone could say, would you really want to be on Cameo? Would you really want to do Cameos? No. But I want to be big enough to be able to do Cameos. That's sort of how I feel. Yeah, as, as someone in showbiz uh, and showbiz adjacent, I can definitely understand that. I mean, you, not me. But um, yeah, that, that, you know, that's just a quick way of saying this is a not applicable in my in my case. I don't think that there's uh, I don't have any kind of renown that uh, I'm reaching for something like this, nor do I. I'm not looking for attention uh, from people. Actually, you want to know something fa- uh, interesting about me, no, which I don't think we've ever quite come before. I Oh, here we go. I tend to uh, wilt a little bit under acknowledgement and praise, believe it or not. I would rather do a good job and not be acknowledged for it. I, I, whatever reason, it's some either feeling of unworthiness or sometimes when someone someone praises me for something, it kind of makes me feel like I'm beholden to them. Like I have to live up to yeah. some standard now. And I know I'm not. I, I, I know that feeling. I right. It's, feeling. it's not sure. unique with me, but I, I think a yeah. lot of people love praise and attention. And it's like I'm actually someone who will go out of their way to deflect. So to transition to our final segment, the the Felonian scale, Noah, uh, the yeah. spectrum of everything on the show from good to ill, from up to down to left to right, from dog to cat, uh, where do you place Cameo on that spectrum? Are you saying dog to cat, one is awesome and one's terrible? I mean, I know where we both stand on that, but I don't think dogs are terrible. I just, I'm, I'm a cat person. Good. Yeah, but you got to be careful, man, because if you piss on dogs at all, a lot of people flat out think you're Satan, right? Okay. I'm, they, I'm right they don't get logical about that. You got to cut that. No, whatever. Um, where does this fall? This is a bad, this is hard, man, because it, it's sad, but it's not necessarily bad. I might have to, ooh, Marky Ramon is here, the, the last living Ramon. I think he's the last one. Um, no, CJ's alive. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say about this one if you add up all the youtube stars and take the square root that's where you are mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> it's like some this this distillation of all the youtube stars you have to do math now but it's 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 a little better than that because it's showing me what's good about the youtube stars and it's making me feel better about the youtube stars even though it kind of sucks and is pathetic 
So I don't know where this is. This you got to make a new scale for cameo. I think I um, I put this like low middle because it's not truly abhorrent. Although there's really nothing exceptional about it. Now I thought of this as something which looks slouchy on you on the wrong person when you wear it, and usually it's a sign that you kind of have given up. So I would equate this. <laughs> I would equate this to athleisure from our previous topics. All right. Okay. Whatever we've said about it, I think I'll come back to your what you what you began this discussion. There's this sort of little bit of a whiff of desperation to it. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. maybe that's not fair, but that's the impression that we're getting, and I think that's the impression that we're trying to leave the American public with, the, the listening public. I don't know. Will you engage with cameo again? I don't think you answer the question. Is there any one you can imagine you'd want to get a cameo? No, no, I, I don't need this interaction. This is this doesn't work for me. This is is inauthentic and literally nobody. Literally nobody. So happen. I am not going to get that jerky boys cameo. No, you don't need to do that. Save your money. Okay, don't. Donate to Black Lives Matters. Do whatever you want if, with it. Probably... If I get Gigi Allen, if I could get him to raise from the dead. I don't think it's going to work. That would be aw- Actually, I might want one from Gigi Allen. If he, like, shat during it and then cut himself open, that might be cool. Smeared it. So if you'd yeah, like to find past episodes of our show, look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on YouTube at AM Caesar, youtube.com slash AM Caesar. I am on Cameo at, at Bill Scurry. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not famous. Noah Tarno, please tell everyone where they can find you. Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com, the finest in corporate and private trivia events, all virtual all the time now, friends. It's the way it's going to be for a while, but uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. We're doing a lot of good, doing a lot of fundraisers, and also a lot of corporate events. That's what pays the bills. Tonight I'm doing a, just a, a friendly friend party, um, both to just get people together, also to donate to... A food bank so you know we're having fun and doing good i'm um i am a little like cameo in that my business is actually i would say benefited from uh coronavirus so i feel a little guilty but on the other hand you know big quiz thing you can follow us online uh on social media but uh, bigquizthing.com hire us today have a good time etc etc so until such a time as the walls of irony bend and buckle and you can actually get a cameo from larry blackman of the band cameo We don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.